This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Welcome to our Behind the Markets podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Schwartz. Alongside Wharton Frank Professor Jeremy Siegel, we tackle the latest market trends every week on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Our guest consists of experts like the world's leading authority on long-term economic growth, Bob Gordon. We will continue to see jobs created rather than destroyed. Former chair of the Federal Reserve, Janet Yellen. I mean, I don't think either of us ever expected that we would live through a financial crisis. Or even the head of the Digital Indian Foundation, Arvind Gupta. The reason that people are talking about India is massive digitization and financial inclusion that we have done over the last couple of years. Enjoy this week's show. Welcome back to Behind the Markets here on SiriusXM 132. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, joined by Lee Chen Ren. Uh, in this half hour, we'll be talking with two guests about what's happening in the economy with their businesses, uh, particularly what's going on around the small business lending programs that are starting up and how people are getting access to those. Uh, we have my neighbor who uh, lives down the street, Enrique Mendoza, who's the CEO of Bowstring Studios. They're sort of video production. We're talking a little bit about what Enrique sees happening as he tries to apply for loans and how that affects his decision. Uh, and Neil Patel, who Enrique introduced me to, who's a founder and chief appraiser at Reliant Business Valuation, a firm that works with over 150 SBA lenders around the U.S. Enrique, Neil, thank you so much for joining us on Behind the Markets. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having us. Um, Thanks, Jeremy. Maybe, appreciate it. Enrique, let's start with you, because um, this is what sort of motivated this segment. We, I, was, I was hearing from you how you were applying to these programs and what, what it was going on in your experience and how it's impacting how you're looking at it. But maybe before we get to the specific experience, tell us a little bit about Bowstring Studios, what, you're, what you guys do, what, what kind of video production services and, and that, that your company's all about. Uh, thanks, Jeremy. Um, so, yeah, so Bowstring Studios is a video content studio that assists companies in the financial market and financial industry as well as others to tell their story through video. Um, Most of our clients, um, although we do traditional project-based work, uh, we spend most of our efforts on content planning um, with our clients, and that is a process that we call StoryArc, in which it allows us to tell deeper stories with our clients and really help them do really solve the hard question on how do I solve and create more content for all my different distribution channels while still controlling my budget. Yeah, I mean, looking at your website, you have people like uh, local University of Pennsylvania, Villanova down the street from us. You've got firms from Xfinity to General Mills to Microsoft, Pepsi. I know you've done some of the commercials for our Philadelphia fans with with the Ertz family, I believe. Are those some of the videos people would recognize from from your team? Yeah, correct. Yeah, a lot of work for uh, a lot of work for financial brands like Lincoln Financial Group and a lot of other stuff. And really, it's about it's not only about the commercials, but also all the all the work that you guys see during digital and during broadcast, a lot with sports that unfortunately now have been um, have been have not been as present um, thanks to um, our current situation. Yeah, you and I are both sort of always on planes traveling over the world. How has this shutdown impacted your business right now? Yeah, so we've we've actually started feeling it early. Um, last year, um, we shot in over 33 different countries. We produced content in over 33 different countries. And we've started to see some of this um, hit us some since China, uh, mainline China shut down. Um, so since December, we started to see things slow down. And early in March, um, we saw over 40 of our projects basically just get canceled or postponed. Um, and it's been pretty, it's affected us pretty dramatically. Our, our team in Philadelphia, um, which was close to 40, 
um, employees. Um, all of our production has halted with basically no production going on in any of the projects that were primarily there. Um, we work with a lot of agencies and brands directly. Um, so all that work was canceled, and we were unfortunately had to um, lay off close to half of our staff um, and really kind of rethink how we're going to be able to survive through this. And so what, what, is, uh, what is the hope of the, the programs you saw from the government? Are they doing enough to help you manage through this, this crisis? Um, you, know, I think, you know, I think that for our team members, it is, you know, as, a, as, as the individual for the team members that we let go, I think the, the programs have started providing some sort of relief, um, some sort of the teams. We've, we, we've had to make the hard decision on either – carrying everybody and not knowing what was going to happen or letting some of the team go um, and then offer them to pay, you know, all their insurance to assure that they're at least their health benefits were covered. Um, and um, as of, as of today, we still, we've seen a lot of, we've heard of a lot of great opportunities, including the SBA relief program, which we're not part of, but specifically the pay, uh, the PPP program, which we're all really excited about because I think could honestly give us the, the pickup and the support that we need. But it's been very, very hard to be able to apply, and we haven't received any funding yet either. So I think there's a lot of good hopes to be able to see some light at the end of the tunnel, but we have not seen that yet occur. So let me bring Neil in because I think this is where Neil's company is trying to get involved. And, and Neil, tell our, our listeners a little bit about your company, what you do, and, and how you're getting involved in these different PPP programs. Sure. Thanks, Jeremy, for uh, having me. Um, so, Roland Business Valuation, uh, you know, we do business valuations for small businesses all around the nation, and we do them on behalf of SBA lenders. Uh, so, if you go apply to, uh, you know, purchase a dental practice, the, the bank will hire our firm and will make sure that the, the practice is worth what you're paying for, just like when you're buying a, a home and you have a residential real estate appraiser. But we only do real estate, and, I'm sorry, we only do business and um equipment. So, you know, that market has obviously come to a pretty much a, a halt. The whole M&A, you know, market activity is kind of on hold. And um, and we had technology developed. We had a company called internalvaluation.com, which was a web, web-based web valuation software for banks. And so we, you know, right when the, uh, the new PPP program came out, the Payment Protection Program, um, we pivoted that technology because obviously, you know, I have a company of 22 employees that are kind of twiddling their thumbs waiting for, you know, the acquisitions to pick up. And, and if we can't get this, if the government can't get the money out to the Main Street business owners like myself and Enrique, um, there's no M&A activity that's going to start up again. So we pivoted our technology and we created uh, applyforppp.com. And that's specifically for banks again, because all of our clients are banks, uh, but mainly targeted to community banks. And what's happening is, you know, last Friday, they rolled out the PPP program. That's the payment protection program under the $2 trillion um, the stimulus program. And they've allocated $350 billion to get through SBA lenders into the hands of small business owners. And the, the program itself essentially uh, uses your average monthly payroll from 2019 and then gives you two and a half times that as a loan. And as long as you use that money over the eight weeks after you get the funding to either rehire any employees that you, you know, laid off uh, since February 15th, or if you use it um, to 
to keep your employees on payroll, uh, towards the end of the eight weeks, you have to prove that you have the same number of employees at the end of the eight weeks that you, as you did as uh, the prior, you know, uh, periods, prior year, same period. And as long as you do that, that entire, um, the majority of it is forgiven. You, ha- you can use up to 25% of it on rent, utilities, and interest as well. So that essentially becomes a grant. Now, the hard part is, you know, when you, on, on Thursday, if, uh, you know, the White House or the Treasury Secretary said, hey, $350 billion is going to be available tomorrow, which is Friday, and the banks weren't ready for it, there were no guidelines out, the SBA lenders, um, it, you know, it really became a big fumble. And, and, um, and so, you know, our goal is to help the community banks that want to get this money out to the small business owners. Um, they don't even have an online application. You know, sometimes it takes them days to, to update their website just to change a contact form. And what they're doing, what, what they're seeing is they're seeing hundreds, if not thousands of PDF applications just coming into their email box with a 2019 payroll report, um, you know, it could be from existing borrowers, or and it's from new borrowers. And uh... yes, yeah, it looks like we lost Neil, or we got a little bit of audio difficulties. The problems of all of our, our work from home. But we were talking with Neil Patel, who just built a brand new website, applyforppp.com, to try to help banks manage through uh, this payroll process. It looks like it was just about to talk through the problems the big banks were having. Enrique, you know, we were talking about just what is the experience of actually applying and how many of the big banks can open quickly, uh, when they become available, how hard it's been to apply. Any insights from your application process you, you want to share, just anything about the banks and, and how you think about these different banking relationships that people might have? Yeah, so it's been um it's been a real it's been a real challenge because we have been you know, and I think you and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, you know, we have been with, with our bank, I'll just we'll just call it a, a large bank, um, and a large national bank for for the for basically our entire history with with, with a company which is over twenty years. And um, we were, we thought I was ahead of the game. You know, I had a relationship with Neil who understood how everything was going. We were managing our, our account. It was managing, trying the best, the guidelines that were going out there. We got really excited because this is, this is the type of money that literally could solve for, you know, could give us the boost that we need because since this has happened, we've lost two or three months of revenue by the time this is over. We'll probably not start producing in full force till July at the best. And still then with all of our international travel or all of our national travel, there's still hesitations on what is going to happen, how that's going to look, work with social distancing. So applying has been very difficult. Um, our bank, for example, did not open the application process um, until Saturday. And then when they did so, it was basically like, give me your name, your email, and your social security number. We will contact you when ready. Um, and since then, it's been dark. Um, we've tried to go to other lenders and other borrowers that we might have secondary accounts, even personal accounts with. And um, till this morning, I was I was still on the phone with some of them, spending an hour and a half waiting for a phone call, waiting for someone to take care of me. And then they said, oh, yeah, your application is not even processed because we're so overwhelmed. That's the word that they're using. We're so overwhelmed that we can't open new accounts right now to help you deposit the money for the PPP loan. So, um, so it's, um, you know, a lot of people are trying to help, but they're honestly just underwater because you know, I don't think any, any, there, there's obviously organizational disorganization, 
but a lot of it is caused by the short period of time and the request that they're asking. And I think that, you know, even the, the process that Neil is proposing right now versus sending in a PDF to be able to like ha- have them manually input all that data is, is overwhelming. And I think the, the most important part here is for people who have or not heard of the PPP is that it doesn't only like, it's not only for companies with five, six, 10, 14 employees, it, it could go for, you know, individual owners um, and individual LLCs with one, with one person being the owner operator that can be applying to it. So basically anybody with a small business is applying for this right now. Yeah. Um, so the process is really crazy. I think, also, uh, add, um, sorry, Jamie. You mentioned that you have business in China. How is that business going? Like in light of the current, you know, going back to work. Enrique wants to get yeah, on a flight. So, yeah, yeah. So one, so we have we have a partner. So we were feeling really excited about that because um, we've been we've been obviously on lockdown with that, haven't been able to produce. We do a, we one of our biggest clients is an international school program that has K through 12 schools around the world. And a lot of them are in mainland China. And um, we were preparing to do work for them and work for, for the Olympics, which is now postponed. But um, we were thinking, okay, well, let's use one of our partners in Hong Kong to be able to produce some of this content. And we've created a lot of different platforms to do um similar to video conferencing where our directors could be sitting here in Philadelphia and actually directing an interview in China. And, um, and last week they, they, they started, they, they put a, uh, a lockdown in Hong Kong. So now we can't travel to mainland China and now we're getting all these visa issues to be able to get in there. So it's becoming rather limiting because unless you're in China and you have all your resources in China, then you can't get in or out. So, we're finding it to be very, it's not a very global space right now for us to be able to work in, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think the worry is, you know, this will go on more. I have uh, friends who, 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 whose kids got into colleges in, in the U.S. and they are, you know, worried whether, you know, by September, whether they could uh, come to here and study as well. Let me go back yeah, to Neil for for a second, um, just to, to sorry if I interrupted on there, but Neil, is, is when you think about your your and the website, very impressive. Apply for PPP dot com. When you think about the who, which of the types of banks can benefit? Is it the big banks that like Enrique was talking about that their systems aren't up to speed and they could quickly try to branch on to the technology providing, or is it really just the the smaller community banks? And and how, how else are you seeing the rollout across the different bank platforms? Yeah, Jeremy, that's a great question. I think this is this platform is targeted towards the small banks that don't have their own dedicated uh, IT team. You know, the big banks, um, the one that Enrique applied to, they have um, they have the, the ability to take in non-paper, non-PDF applications, but they're just sitting on a hundred thousand plus applications right now. So what they're doing is the big banks are only taking on their existing customer base because. Obviously, they want to protect their portfolio, and so they want to get their existing business bank uh, business um, owners' money so that they don't default on their other, you know, loans. And so, when they can't, when when someone like Enrique can't go to their bank, then they want to go to a community bank. But the community banks are now getting inundated, and they can't process all these PDFs. And so, what we're doing is we're working with the community banks, um, and you know, going through a uh, secure verification of email, and then we have our the system is 
uh, hosted on our secure servers so the community banks don't have to go through all of their, um, you know, different types of uh, technology issues that they have. And that's, that's, what's, uh, that's what's working. So as long as the community banks can get through their existing customer base quickly, then they can start funding small businesses that, you know, pretty much turning away um, business. Um, Enrique, one of, one of the things we were talking about is, is just the, while business shut down for you, there has been some opportunities during this crisis, and maybe sort of talk about relationships, partnerships with firms or, or organizations, universities, medical that you've had, and, and what you think about how you've been able to scramble business together during these difficult times. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's if there was ever if there was ever a time for for partners to really be partners, um, this is it, right? Everybody is living through the same situation. Everybody's struggling. Um, as your co-host was mentioning before, I think that you know everybody has some sort of problem that is going to affect them. Um, so we're doing a lot of work to help out some essential industries. Um, around the insurance and the hospital space. Um, so a lot of the TV spots that you're seeing coming from leadership that are speaking around social distancing or how to apply for programs or other things. So we've been, we spent plenty of, we spent a good amount of time actually doing production for that. Um, and so, so now we're, we're out, um, although challenging, creating safe environments for people to go out and do production um, with minimalistic space and social distancing um, around around messaging, and then we're helping a lot of universities um, and and other organizations put on virtual events such as commencements, um, um, conferences, and other elements in which they could really, um, which is uncharted territory. Really, you know, everybody's always, you know, it's it's a really, especially for commencements, it's a really emotional moment for not only the student but families seeing this great success come through and. And um, these institutions are kind of, and these institutions and the students that are going through it are missing, are missing the opportunity to do so. Um, and um, so we're trying to help them bring those moments back as much as we can during this um, kind of crazy time. Um, any other, any examples there that you'd want to highlight of, of somebody doing it incredibly yeah, well? Right now we're working with University of Pennsylvania and we're working with, we're working with Villanova University as two examples of, 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 their, of their commencement that's coming up. I think the most important part of what, what Neil was talking about too about this program is the fact that we're, we're really limited by um, the, I, I was very surprised on how these national banks, you know, large organizations have literally like put their hands up, like our local providers, you know, we have, we have enough of a size to be able to have, you know, direct phone contacts to bankers and, and other people, and they have no resources to put into this. You know, they're sitting ducks as well. Um, and I think that, I think that that is an extremely, I've never actually seen that occur um, where, you know, where they can't get in touch with a bank. There's no banks open. Um, you know, like today we were talking to, you know, we were talking to TD bank, which I have an application form for their checking account. They're doing their, they've been very responsive and helpful you know, once I can get through them, but there's no way to verify the information. Right. So like we just, you, so, so there's no way they're like, well, we need your license and then we need a digital signature and they're trying to figure it out, but they're literally, they don't have enough resources to be able to manage this. The government has, you know, I think, I think with best intentions tried to satisfy a problem, but then, 
the private sector and the banks are, are having are having an issue because they've just gotten bombarded and there's no time to plan for it. Well, this has been um, a good. This is we're we're sort of running out of time. I want to give Neil the last word. Any sort of closing thoughts as you think about what the how this is going to unfold over the next few weeks? Uh, new loans coming available, or how you know you're trying to help manage this? Any closing thoughts from you, Neil? So. It's, it's what Enrique said uh, at the end. It's really not the SBA lender's fault. There's so many SBA lenders out there that are willing and ready to lend this uh, money. However, they just weren't given enough time to prepare. The guidelines came out on Thursday night, and you know the government said, start lending on Friday. You, and there's 30 million small businesses under, with under 500 employees. So 30 million applications. I can just give you one stat. So far, out of the $350 billion, $150 billion has already been allocated. Out of that, very little has been funded, but it's been claimed through the SBA system. Now, to put that in perspective, last year, the SBA program funded or guaranteed approximately $25 billion over the entire calendar year. So, and we've done $150 billion in allocations in less than a week. Thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. Neil Enrique, uh, thanks for being on the program. Thanks, Lee Chen, Deanna, producer, sound engineer. You can listen to us at our Behind the Markets podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Markets podcast. If you want to learn more about WisdomTree, visit wisdomtree.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jeremy D. Schwartz. I'd like to thank Patty Hall for producing our live program on SiriusXM channel 132 and our podcast producer, Daniel Bruno. Join us next week for another edition of the show. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.